text today is from Mark chapter 8. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Dear friends of Christ, every Sunday in Lent has a theme. And the theme for the second Sunday of Lent is to reminisce in Latin, and, uh, or we could say remember. And so it comes from Psalm 25, verse 6, Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. So today we remember. We remember God's mercy. We remember what Jesus is doing as he journeys to the cross for us. And so we remember the cross. And I, I want you to remember. I want you, I want you to remember what it was like for you uh, when you were 10 years old. Can you remember back that far, 10 years old? Some of you don't have a problem because you're 10 years old, right? But, but uh, think about the zeal and the enthusiasm you had for the Lord. Um, and I want you to think about how you looked at Good Friday as a 10-year-old. Uh, and the service got dark, and you heard, and then for the first time, you're really starting to comprehend that Jesus actually died for you. And you hear the slamming of the book, and you know how much Jesus meant to you. And I, I just wonder, with that childlike faith, has anything changed over the years in you? As you remember back, generally 10 years old, t- uh, t- kids who are 10 are generally more enthusiastic about their faith than adults are. Adults become skeptical. Adults, well, we can become ashamed to let people know that we're Christians. And it's as if we're ashamed of the cross of Christ. I remember one of our boys, and I don't remember which one, but when he was 10, and I think it was Paul, boy, he was telling everybody at school that they were all going to go to hell if they didn't believe in Jesus. And he wasn't ashamed whatsoever to let people know they had to believe in Jesus to be saved. Well, as we get older, we're not so bold. And those words do not come off our lips so easily. We're ashamed to let people know sometimes that we're even a Christian. Ashamed to profess the truth that saves our soul. The Savior that suffered and died for us. And I want you to listen to this hymn. It was written by a 10-year-old back in 1774. He wrote a poem. The poem was turned into a hymn that made it to our hymnals. And it's been all in all of our hymnals except for this new one. It's not in our not in our new hymnal. But as you listen to the words, you can almost hear the the thrill, the the joy of that ten-year-old faith. Ashamed of Jesus, yes I may, when I've no guilt to wash away, no tear to wipe, no good to crave. No fear to quell, no soul to save. Ashamed of Jesus, of that friend, on whom heaven my hopes depend, it must not be. This is my shame, that, no, that I no more revere his name. And then in stanza two and stanza three, he puts an exclamation point. <laughs> that I no more revere his name. The ten-year-old, you can have... 
a zealous faith like that. To not be ashamed of Christ. To be willing to take up your cross and make a stand for him. To take up your cross and, and profess him. To take up your cross and follow Jesus. And so today our theme, remember Christ's cross and follow him. You know, in our text, Jesus talks about the cross. He announces that he's going to suffer and die. The Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And the world asks, why? Why, Jesus, do you have to die? And, of course, we know he has to die because of our sinful human condition. He has to die because of who we are. If he doesn't die, we will eternally die. If he doesn't die, we all will be eternally damned. There is only one way to live. There is only one way to have life and salvation, and it's through Jesus Christ. And so this is the first time that Jesus tells his disciples how this plan of salvation is going to take place. He, the first time that he tells his disciples that he's going to suffer and die on a cross, and they don't take the news well. You remember Peter's response immediately. He said, Lord, this must never be. With an exclamation point. This will never happen to you. With an exclamation point. There will never be a cross in your life. Not if I can help it. And Peter rebukes Jesus. Why? Because he's ashamed. He's ashamed to think that this Savior that he's following, who claims to be God, would die the death of a criminal on a cross. There's no way that Jesus would bear that type of reputation to identify with murderers, with the worst type of humanity on earth. There's no way Jesus could lower himself to that point of suffering and dying, rejection and crucifixion. No good can, can happen from that. Peter didn't understand. The cross was scandalous to him. He was ashamed to die on the cross of infamy, to bear that reputation for murderers. The cross was for traitors, not for saviors. However, to strip Christ of the cross would be to thwart God's plan of salvation for mankind. To take the cross away from Christ would be would leave all humanity, all of us, suffering in hell. There's no way out. And Jesus would not take the easy way out. There was only one way to set the world free. And Jesus willingly traveled that road. But the church, like Peter, is constantly tempted to take a different road. We don't like crosses. Jesus can have all the crosses he wants. If he wants to suffer and die, fine. But why should I? If he wants to suffer and die, if he wants to take upon himself the cross of salvation of mankind, if he wants to love people so much, that's up to him. But why should I have to follow in a cross? Why should I have to take up a cross and follow him? After all, who wants to bear a cross? And if you're like me, when confronted with sickness or illness or, or dying, I want a solution. And I want a solution right now. I want it fixed today. 
And I want to feel better immediately, right now. I don't want to wait. We don't like pain and suffering. We don't like problems in our lives. And so a disciple named Peter, who didn't like these problems either, stood up before Jesus and got in Jesus' way and said, there's no cross in your life. I'm sure he didn't want to cross in his either. No cross for Christ. You know, when we're ashamed of Jesus, we embrace this adulterous and sinful generation. And we're saying, I want to gain the world right now. I want happiness right now. I want a good life right now. And yes, I am even willing to forfeit my soul. If it means that my life in this earth can be successful and happy and filled with joy and power and things can go right, right now. You can almost hear the unbelief in those words, can't you? However, do you remember? Do you remember what the devil did to Jesus as he tempted him in the wilderness? And the devil said, I'll give you all the things of this world. I'll give you peace. I'll give you joy. I'll give you happiness. And you can have all these things if you'll just bow down and worship me. So Satan offered Jesus all those things too. I'll give you a a life without a cross. If you'll just follow me. And Satan's still trying to get us to cling to the pleasures of this world, to the things of this world, to the joys of this world, rather than to clinging to the cross of Christ. But remember, remember how Jesus went to Golgotha for you. Remember, remember how Jesus did all those things, how he carried the cross on his bleeding back, Remember how they laid him on the ground and they nailed his feet and his hands to the cross. And remember how they watched him suffer and die and and made fun of him. And remember your Jesus. Remember the cross. Remember the suffering and pain, how he's lifted up on the tree, that cursed tree, where the worst of humanity suffered and died before they left this earth. And remember how he cried. Remember how he felt all alone. Remember how he felt abandoned by God and from, as if from the pits of hell cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And remember, if Jesus hadn't suffered and if Jesus hadn't died and if the cross hadn't happened, everyone in the whole entire world would be damned. My friends, Christ went to the cross because of his love. He, he went to the cross because he loves you. And he loves sinners. And because of sinners, he on the cross felt the curse of God. He felt the wrath of God. He felt the judgment of God. He endured your hell and mine. And he paid the price. And he felt the scorn of man. And he paid for every last sin. And then from the cross, he cried out, it's finished. And we remember all that. We remember how Easter he rose again to prove that. That that paid in full was was guaranteed. He died and he bore it and he came back to life again to prove that our sins are forgiven. And now Jesus endured the cross for us. 
And now he bids all of us who have enjoyed what he has done for us by loving us on the cross, he bids us now to follow him in his way. He bids us to take up our cross. He bids us to take up our cross and follow him. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, to take up your cross. So it means several things, but, you know, it means to suffer persecution. It means that we boldly confess Christ, and it doesn't matter what's going to happen to us, and it doesn't matter what people think of us, that we're not ashamed of Jesus. And we're not ashamed of the cross, no matter the cost. And we're willing to suffer the consequences, even death if necessary. So when you see Christians suffering, and maybe even possibly dying for their faith, please understand, God and His plan has not gone wrong. This is simply how Christians live the cross life. Just ask the Christians in Cairo, Egypt. Did you hear that story this past week? According to local officials, a week ago Friday, Muslims armed with machine guns and motorcycle, riding motorcycles stopped in front of a Christian church. And as the Christians came out of church after the church service, they were gunned down. Over 100 Christians that were killed in Egypt in 2017. Do you think these believers who are killed for their faith are ashamed of Christ? Do you think their families are? Do you think they're ashamed of the cross? Certainly not. They're glad to die for Christ. They're glad to take up their cross and follow Jesus, the one who took up his cross that we might live, even if it means going to the grave. Now, maybe you've heard people say, well, we each have our own cross to bear. And normally when we say that, we each have our own cross to bear, we talk, we're talking about physical pain and, and physical suffering. We're talking about the big problems that happen in life, things like disease and tragedy and, and disaster and death. Oh, this is, a, this is the cross I have to bear. That's not what Jesus is talking about. The results of sinful human nature, that's not what Jesus is talking about. When he encourages us to take up our cross and follow him, instead Jesus is talking about self-sacrifice. I want you to think about what moved Jesus to take up the cross. His love, right? So what moves you to take up your cross and follow him? It's not, not just because you love Jesus for what he has done for you, that he took up his cross for you, but that you then love one another. Self-sacrifice, self-denial. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. It means you bear the cross for Christ when you suffer for someone else when you don't want to. When you change a diaper for your child and you don't want to. You bear the cross when you love someone and you serve them. And you have a servant heart. You bear your cross when you keep God's commandment, the commandments of loving God and loving your neighbor. 
You take up the cross when you do things for others that you don't want to do, but you know they have to be done because it's necessary. You take up the cross and you bear the cross when things aren't going your way and everything around life is falling apart and physically you're feeling alone. You're feeling forsaken and you're feeling abandoned by God. Just as Jesus, when he hung on the cross, felt all alone and forsaken and abandoned by God. And this is the way of the Christian. Take up your cross and follow him. And that, my friends, is a good place to be. That place is where Paul was when he said, I die daily for Christ. Dying daily is what we do in our baptisms. Romans 6 says, Don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? For we know that our old self was crucified on the cross, right? Crucified with Christ so that the body of sin might be done away with. The old self is taken to the cross and it's drowned in the holy waters of baptism. And our sin is drowned there. And then a new person rises up, a forgiven person. A new person who walks in that light of Christ, who walks in the life of Christ, not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed of the cross, being set free from our sins, being liberated from Satan's power. Remember. Remember those who take up the cross and follow him will never be put to shame. For Jesus was not ashamed to suffer and die for you. He was not ashamed to relate with sinners like us by becoming human flesh like us. He was not ashamed to shed his blood for our sins. Now, I want it may seem kind of uh, trivial to put it in terms of sport, but I think it helps us to understand how Christ has embraced us with the cross. In 1982, the Georgetown Hoyas made the Final Four. And uh, Ewing, Patrick Ewing, uh, James Worthy, they were all in this game. This is a great game. And maybe some of you are old enough like I am to remember it. It was in the NCAA basketball tournament, uh, the, uh, the Final Four, just before the finals. And the, 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 the game was tied. Or no, the, the, uh, Georgetown was down by one point with the clock running out. All they needed to do was make a shot at the buzzer, and they would win the game and go to the, go to the final. Everything happened just the way they wanted it. And their star player was wide open underneath the basket for a layup. However, their guard, Fred Brown, mistakenly passed the ball to North Carolina's James Worthy. And they lost the game. Fred Brown was devastated. And he hung his head in defeat. And he started to weep. And the first thing his coach, that big John Thompson, remember him? The first thing Big John Thompson did was went over right after the game, didn't hug anybody's hand, didn't, didn't shake anybody's hand. He went over and he hugged that boy who was feeling so devastated. The coach was not ashamed to identify with a loser. My friends, Jesus embraces us through the cross. He suffered and died for losers like us, for sinners that deserve eternal damnation. 
and He embraces us, and He identifies with us, and He suffers for us, for sinners like you and for me. In fact, He died for the privilege. He was stricken, smitten, and afflicted in this world for you so that you might live and gain a world without end. He forfeited the Father's presence at the cross so that He could come and present Himself He uh, present Himself and present you before God for all eternity. Your sins washed away. And that's why we remember Christ. And that's why we remember His cross. And that's why we take up our cross and follow Him. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.